You guys there? Sam? everyone third time's the charm but welcome back to pot on you loons pot on you loons yeah it's it's early morning here after the colorado rapids game on a thursday morning i am at my parents house and apparently their wi-fi is not the greatest so i i I need to apologize for my wife but i'm using our cell phone data to record this episode don't let her look at the bill i guess right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> James, do you I, want to introduce yourself for a third time? <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Pot on you loons, by the way. Uh, yeah, uh, it's exciting to be here, man. It's uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, the game was early this morning. And uh, man, what a game, firstly. Lots of action. But we made it through. I don't think it was how we wanted. But it was definitely, uh, you know what? We made it through. We're undefeated. We're ready. American hey, it's tournaments. Right. It's tournament time, man. Tournament time. We we did the part that mattered. We got the points, and now we can just go and have some fun and score some goals. And it's just it's good to be in the knockouts because, like, how big of a buzzkill would it be if you had to wait all this time for soccer to come back? It finally comes back. You play three games, and then you're done. Because who knows? We'll get to this later, but who knows if the regular season is actually going to happen? Right. This might be it, man. This might be the only salvageable thing from this season. So might as well win it, right? Right. So if, if you're Colorado right now, like that sucks. If you're Atlanta right now, that sucks. So did, I, I wonder what they do with them. Do they just are they just kind of out of things and they're just going to go home? They're going to they're going to have- go home and they're allowed to start practicing again as long as their states allow practicing. So they'll go train, they'll do that, and then hope, just cross their fingers that an actual season will happen. Yeah. Unless unless you're unless you're a Canadian team. Who knows? Well who knows? Well, you're, you're getting way ahead of our <laughs> You're getting way ahead of yourself, Dustin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, we, we don't know what's going to happen to the Canadians, but we're going to talk <laughs> about that in our club day football later, okay? Yes. Let's start off with some news though. I do have some quick blurbs. Uh, We don't really need to go into any of these, but just a few quick blurbs. Manchester City escapes their financial fair play punishment. Ridiculous. Real Madrid dethrones Barcelona for the La Liga title. Justin's Leeds United is finally promoted back to the Premier League. We're back. So long. (laughs) Oh, so long. And it's so great. It's so great. You know, Sam, I'm going to take a moment. I know you want us to rush through this, but come on. It's huge. This is gigantic. This is Leeds is back. Leeds is back. Leeds is going to take the Premier League by storm. They're going to win the league next year. It's going to be fantastic. You know, no, they're not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just excited to see what you do now that you have like three favorite Premier League teams. You know, this <laughs> yeah. this is my true favorite team. So now that they're in there, it's it's Leeds United. That's all it is. I'm going to buy the kit, even if it's an ugly Adidas one, Sam. But I'm going to buy the kit, and I'm going to support them, and it's going to be great. Even if it's for one year, and then they just go back. Uh, I'm excited. There you go. And there will be an all-London FA Cup final. Bring it on. 
Yeah. I'm ready. Arsenal, Chelsea. Oh, I'm excited. I will be cheering for Agent Luis. Agent Luis. Spy. (laughs) The Chelsea spy. I will be a casual observer that only cheers for Christian Pulisic. That's it. Just that's all I'm watching. There you go. But hey, let's stick to Minnesota United. We got quite a bit to talk about, including two games. But let's start off with some transfer talk. Okay. Back to staring the room apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love this first one on Emmanuel Reynoso. Of course, we've been talking about this guy since like our second episode. Wait, wait, Sam, tell me more. Who is this guy? Who's Emmanuel <laughs> Reynoso? I've never heard of him. I don't think I've heard this name at all. (laughs) Bebelo? Bebelo? Is that how you say it? Oh, man. Uh, Bebelo? Bebelo. Bebelo. Anyway. Sam, I'm most excited to stop having to pay attention to Boca Juniors fan accounts in America (laughs) to get my news. I just want this to be over with. I don't want to have to keep doing Google Translate, Sam. I just want to move on. Well, I just hand, anytime there's like Spanish language news about Emmanuel Reynoso that comes out, I just hand the phone to my wife and see how, sees how much of her Spanish she still remembers. <laughs> Babe, could you just read this for me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> you studied abroad in 2008. You should still remember how to read this. <laughs> but this is, this is where it's frustrating. So... The quote uh, from Dylan Butler on MLS.com stated, Minnesota United fans have heard this before, but another report out of Argentina suggests the Loons are on the verge of signing Boca Junior midfielder Emmanuel Bebelo Reynoso. And of course, it is (laughs) the 23rd right now. And that report was on July 13th. So that was already a week and a half ago. And if we're on the verge... Like, how soon does something have to happen for it to be considered on the verge? Because I don't think a week and a half is it. Yeah, July 13th till now, 10 days. You Google it. There's literally nothing. There is absolutely nothing in Google about any of this after July 13th. So, yeah, I don't know what on the verge is, but in football terms... (laughs) Yeah, it's got... Well, haven't we been on the verge for five months now? That, that You know, if I want to learn anything from MLS uh, compared to the other pro sports I follow, it's like never until like the dude is in the jersey. Just don't don't expect anything because you never know what's going to happen. And <laughs> so, this whole thing with Emmanuel Reynoso just reminds me of every Arsenal signing ever. <laughs> every transfer window is guys, 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 Arsenal's going to sign like these five players and it's going to be brilliant and everyone knows who they are and they're fantastic. And then we end up signing some no-name French guy who's like 20, <laughs> like every time. So what you're saying is it's, it's a soccer thing and I should just get used to it, James. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's, just, it's just how football is, man. <laughs> you guys just haven't experienced it too much, you know? I think... I think the main problem is is that it's really a football thing when it's overseas players. Like when mm-hmm. it comes to overseas players, there's a rumor mill forever for everyone. I think with the MLS because you're not a big like you're not a big league yet, right? When there's even like one person out of a really good team out of Argentina, you just they just grab hold of it and they're just not letting go until until it's there. 
and he's going to be on right. the verge until you get anything out of it. Like until he That's commits true. to Boca or he's in a loons jersey, he's going to be on the verge forever, basically. That's how it's That's just it's just so crazy because American sports are just like the moment you hear a rumor, it's like a, it's going to be a day, it's going to be a week at most. Like rarely do we have this kind of stuff. Like, you know, I was thinking about like like Pogba, right? Pogba for Man U has yeah. been They've been talking for what two years? Like basically, ever since he joined Man U, it's like, where are we going to ship him off to? <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's crazy. Like when you you think about it as well, and you watch NFL news, and everything happens so quickly. Like I remember when they were talking like, well, maybe, well, maybe Brett Favre will come out of retirement, and then like what four days later, it was like, and I'm a right. Viking. Like you right. know what I mean? You're oh, just so sure. used to you're so used to all this news being straight up that. When it takes longer than like two weeks, you're like, so is this ever is this ever happening? Or like, right. Oh, for sure. And how many cause he's gonna be a designated player, right? A DP? Yes. And like how many DPs do you have per team? Three, right? So you've only got a limited amount of DP spots over the entire league. So when you have someone who might become a DP there's going to be so much more attention on that one person because you've got a limited amount of spaces and most of them are probably already full. Right. And, and, and when we've, you know, that position almost feels like it was created for this type of stuff, right? Like, Oh, it's a designated player. You know, it's a big deal. They, they like, this is a way of creating excitement because otherwise, otherwise we might just be like, Oh, just some guy from Argentina that we don't know about. Right. Like, but the fact that he carries his DP tag makes us more excited, makes us more interested, and we want to keep thinking about it. And, and yeah, we and want it to happen because he's got this title. That's it. And, and I guess that's the other thing is because he has so much prestige, there's just so little information. So he's just always on the verge because mm-hmm. he could be on the verge. He might sign tomorrow. And suddenly it's like, Loons have a new DP, Reynoso, and you get all this news about what he's done. But until that point, he's just, he's almost there. There's basically some right. guy, there's some guy somewhere, like poor old Dylan Butler, is just forever checking in. <laughs> and, and I guess and I guess we probably think about it from our perspective too, right? So like we've we've kind of created a culture in, the, in America with the stuff we said, right? Like sports moves fast, sports, sports is huge. I'm not saying that it's not big in Argentina, but I'm guessing that Argentina doesn't have this like 24-hour news cycle like we do. And this is like, they're not just pining, right? Like, I'm sure that they're the people in Argentina aren't being like, are we going to sell them? Are we going to sell them? It's just, you know, it's it's not as big of a deal to them as it is to us. But we're Americans, so we make everything about us. So this has to be. (laughs) (laughs) We must know what's going on at all times. (laughs) But we do have other. Can we get into our next transfer rumor? Because there's two. We have two this time. We had another on the verge player. Yeah, and this one's again. It's funny with the dates that uh, that I'm about to share with you. But in the last episode, we did talk about uh, Bakay Debassi, who plays in the French Liga Un, and we do have a little update about it because Adrian Heath confirmed the club's interest to the Pioneer Press. So when Heath was interviewed by the Pioneer Press, he said that the club has been interested in Debassi for a while, um, and he expressed how he would be excited to have such a versatile and experienced player that he can switch between left back as well as center back. He, here's, here's the thing about all that, though. 
is, again, this was on July 16th that this report came up. And we were told by Heath that he hoped things would be wrapped up in the next day or so. So this report all sounds very promising. And there are some uh, there are some people that claim to be very close to the club that say it's happening. But again, that was July 16th. As we are recording, it is July 23rd, and we've heard nothing else. Yeah, I mean, oh, we'll see. Oh, breaking news. What? Oh, breaking, breaking news. news. He is flying to the United States. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, so much so that Adrian Heath, the coach of Minnesota, was optimistic in public about his coming last week. His arrival has taken on a more concrete dimension in recent days. And Debussy, who oh. has a one-year contract with Amin's left, should commit to Minnesota until 2023. He is expected in mid-August in the United States. From World Today News, as of one hour ago. Oh, wow. Literal we're, we're breaking, breaking news. news huh? Breaking news, huh? Well, that's... That's good. Yeah. A new challenge uh, awaits. Uh, yeah. Wow. Bakai Debussy. And, Captain you know, James. Sleeping it up. You're, Finding you're, all the information for us. James Bomb right there. Giving us, the, giving us the hot information. You know, all I know about the guys, he's a 71 on FIFA. And for MLS, that's pretty good. So. <laughs> Instant start. <laughs> Considering that they gave Chase Gasper a 57, which is preposterous. Ouch. Uh, (laughs) Well, FIFA is fun, but we have the recap for our 0-0 draw to Real Salt Lake to talk about. Do we we even need to talk about it, Sam? Nothing really happened, right? 0-0 draw. It's like the game didn't even occur. It's not ideal for the casual American audience that tuned in on ESPN, was it? Oh, man. That stayed up, uh, like, watched a 9.30 game. I'll admit, Sam, I fell asleep during the game. (laughs) Well, I will admit, you know, just because we're being honest, I fell asleep before the game. Yeah. (laughs) Sam's Sam's wife sent me a Snapchat of him. Like, she's like, make sure that you're paying attention because this guy (laughs) is. (laughs) Because he's out. (laughs) It's, you know, that was... 9.30 9.30 games are hard when you have a kid that wakes you up at like 5 a.m. all the time. And I went for a hike that day and it was hot and uh, I was just, I was tired. I don't know what else to say, but I did wake up and watch the game. So I did watch the full game as, as painful as it was. <laughs> no, and I'll, I'll, in all seriousness, it still was uh, loon soccer and it, I still enjoyed, enjoyed watching it. But I think the big thing from here though is, Ozzy Alonso was back and the defense looks stronger for that reason. Yeah, that was, it was definitely noticeable to have Ozzy back. Uh, you know, we noted like that was the big takeaway we talked about from game one, missing Ozzy and missing Ike Oparo was huge and very noticeable. So having at least, you know, one of those guys, one of those guys back was helpful, you know, and obviously that, you know, we, we couldn't really get anything going offensively. So having the ability to keep it zero, zero was important. And I think the other thing that we can take from this game that we should talk on here was I I think we learned a little bit from the substitutions, right? Like uh, Thomas Chacon, he came on for Kevin Molino in the 45th minute. So Chacon finally made his regular season debut for this 
this 2020 season. That's significant, right? And, you, you know, he had yeah, at least true. one People decent shot. He had a couple bad tackles, though, Sam, but I'll, but I'll let, the, let the young buck redeem himself in the future, hopefully. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we weren't expecting him to light it on fire, but uh, at least we didn't lose because of him, right? True, true, true. In the 66th minute, Luisa Maria came on and replaced Big Celery. So that, that kind of showed us that Luisa Maria was good to play. And Hassani Dotson came on and replaced Ethan Finlay. And then in the 81st minute, Raheem Edwards once again came on in uh, substitution for Robin Lud. So what I take from that is Thomas Chacon earned his shot in practice. Luisa Maria, not too banged up. Hassani Dotson is versatile as ever and can, you know, sub in for a defensive midfielder or he can sub in for your right winger. Hassani Dotson can go all over the field. And then finally, Raheem Edwards is one of Adrian Heath's most trusted guys on the bench because he's been in pretty much every game this season. What I'd like to see, and I know obviously it's early, and I know that I'm I'm not the biggest load fan, but I don't I, I kind of want them to, you know, they keep they keep subbing Raheem in for Robin Load. Why don't they just start him? You know, like let's let's just cut to the chase, you know. Don't let Load have kind of a lackluster performance before you put him in. Now saying that though, Load actually played kind of good in that game. You know, that that was something that we talked about, Sam, is that Load looked pretty good. Uh, had his moments, which don't usually happen. So that was nice. I like what Raheem Edwards does when he comes in. He's just, he's got a lot of speed. He provides a spark. You know, he's there when he's on the pitch. And we've said that before, like he's very noticeable. So hopefully they find a way to play him more, maybe even give him a start, maybe put him in before the 80, 81st minute for a change. Yeah, they, they seem to keep putting him in like 80 plus. Like Heath looks down at his watch and is like, "Ah, oh, ten minutes left. Now I can, <laughs> now I can throw him on." And it's like by that point, it's it's kind of almost too late. I think like, like I get it. You want it a super sub, but maybe, maybe if they tried like sixty fifth, seventy, that was always my tactic on Football Manager. Anyway, I threw my guys <laughs> on like seventieth minute, so they had a good twenty minutes, and then you'd then you'd get results. I don't know, but like it, it, he looks good, which is good. But yeah, if Robin Lud's if Robin Lud's not doing the job, then maybe. Yeah, maybe switch it up. And I guess now that we're through, now's the perfect time to switch it up, right? Right. Because we've got the points in the bag, so we've done, like, the part which mattered, I guess, in inverted commas. And now it's time to, you know, blood some guys and make sure it works. And that, that's something we talked about when we were we were previewing this whole tournament, right? That, yeah. That the three games, like, interested to see how teams approach this. You know, obviously these three games matter because they're part of the table for the for the the regular season. Uh, and now this is, I mean, obviously you want to win, but but now's the time you can be creative. Now's the time that you can try some different stuff out because what do you have to lose, right? This isn't super important unless you're a big fan of the the Champions League. So I mean, like that's that's the prize that comes from this, right? So why not try something new? Why not get creative? I guess and and if it works, it works. If it doesn't. No harm, no foul. That's it. And I think if you're, you know, if you're really, really gunning for it, you're probably not going to try. But, you know, there's a few teams in this list that could probably, you know, give a shot to a few things and see what happens. And 
kind of take the approach of, well, we might as well. Yeah, you know, it's like we were talking about before, like when we started, you know, now you're in a tournament setting. Now it's good to kind of blood players and try things so that they're used to being in tournaments. I don't know. I'm excited to see what we roll out on uh, July 28th or 29th for me. Yeah. <laughs> the game against Real Salt Lake, 0-0 draw. Even even Alejandro Moreno, who is uh, commentating on the game, he was just very frank. He was like, yeah, that, that was not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the game against Colorado Rapids, I was just telling Justin when, when we were talking before the recording, I was telling him, I think the Colorado Rapids game was the most entertained I was of the three games, right? Like the first game against SKC, we somehow pulled out a victory, but until the final 20 minutes, it wasn't the most entertaining. It it wasn't very entertaining and it was a very poor performance from Minnesota United until the final 20 minutes. Now the game against Real Salt Lake, it looked hot and miserable and everyone looked tired and like they didn't want to be there. And it was a 0-0 draw, which is never too fun, especially when it's, it's not like there was outstanding goalkeeping that was keeping it at a 0-0 draw. But this game against Colorado, 2-2 draw, you know, so not exactly what we were looking for, but it was a very entertaining game overall. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, it was nice to come with the win in the first game, but let's be honest, we stole that one, right? So you know, the, the the theatrics at the end kind of is what, it's obviously what put us over the top and got us the victory. I was looking at stats and this is the only, of the three games, this is the only game that we had the uh, possession advantage. So it was 55 to 45 in our favor where the other two games wasn't the case. So, you know, I agree. It was, it was super interesting. Obviously it stinks for it to come out as a tie, but uh, definitely fun to watch and definitely got me excited. Yeah, I agree. Like it's, it was good to watch. It was exciting football. And I think the uh, the telling part is at halftime, Minnesota's, the Loon's official Twitter account was uh, something like 2-1 up. But, uh, you know, we always know that the lead isn't safe or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, we've got to keep working. And then it was like, ah, two or draw. Yeah, I think uh, I think we played a good game. It was exciting, man. Like, obviously, we want to go into some more things about the game. But I think overall it was it was good. You know, we scored some goals. We got lucky. We have a post to thank. Uh, <laughs> we, we have some goalkeeping reflexes to thank. But yeah, like I think I think we played a much better game and we came alive. And I think it's good that you know the first game we were kind of slow until the end. You know, it's been what four months, five months since everyone played football. Uh, the middle game was yeah, like Sam said, a bit just a bit boring. Like we didn't. We really come alive, but now at least you know we've scored some goals. We've looked lively. We've looked, we've played exciting football. And I think this is the perfect time to do that because now we head into the knockouts, and I think we can take the momentum with us, uh, especially now that we're against Columbus as well. Because I think we're going to need all the momentum we can get. Like I think uh, one of the things I was noticing was that like set pieces are a bit of a problem for us. Like I don't think we defend set pieces particularly well. And I remember when we did a kind of, when I was maybe last on or the time before, and we did a quick rundown of the the different teams. I remember saying that Kai Kamara had basically been banging in goals for the first two games of the season and last and the end of last season. And there he was again, like banging in a goal again. And he was just so free. Like he was just all by himself. 
uh, because of the lead-up play. There was like, was it a foul? Wasn't it a foul? They took the ball when he was just wide open, then just slammed it in the bottom of the net. And then we just had a weak set piece defense, and they scored again. So, you know, I think that I think that's a big, you know, that that's where we see the the missing piece of Ike Opara show up a lot. I think that if Ike's in there, uh, I don't know, you know, I think I think that's all three games. There have been moments where I'm in the back of my head thinking, man, Ike Ike would run that back, like he'd run back and he'd defend, and he wouldn't let that happen. But you know, we're, we're without him, so we just got to we got got a deal, but. It makes sense that Kai Kamara would be able to to have success like that because you know you're missing the MLS Defender of the Year. Yeah, and you got a guy who's just banging in goals left, right, and center, and you take out the Defender of the Year, and yeah, it's <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah, he added to uh, Kai Kamara added to his what is he fifth now? Fifth now in 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 goals scored in MLS. So just just keeping it up, man. Yeah. It looked like we were ga- regaining control of the game. You know, Ethan Finlay really came on. And I, I am a believer that our team looks better when Ethan Finlay is playing well. His energy level really adds a lot to the game. I know I, I talk about that a lot where I like seeing guys that just are all over the place and are putting in a ton of energy. That That's possibly a little bit hard to sustain because – you know, we didn't see that from Ethan Finlay against Real Salt Lake. Granted, it looked hot and miserable out there, <laughs> but, you know, we did not see that from Ethan Finlay against Real Salt Lake. We did see it last night against Colorado Rapids, and he, he scored two great goals for us. So we went in, you know, despite letting in the Kai Kamara goal, we went into the half up to one thanks to that performance. But that, then things kind of took a change for us in the second half. Yeah, so so as you're saying, right? So I think the big, big success was Ethan Finlay and Roman Matinair were just clicking the whole first half, doing a great job, you know, pushing. Roman did a great job pushing things forward on the right-hand side, teaming up with, with Ethan Finlay to make some great runs. I think, I mean, the game changer for me and obviously for Colorado was was putting in Jonathan Lewis in the 55th minute because that that definitely definitely changed Roman Metinier's focus. You know, Jonathan Lewis was flying all over the place, and I don't think we were able to push forward defensively as much as we'd like. That kind of caused us to slow down a little bit. Jonathan Lewis comes on on the 55th minute and then scores in the 59th minute and just gives us you know gives us headaches the rest of the game. You know, it's it's kind of a cliche that one of the main ways a coach can impact the game is with their substitutions. And we saw Colorado do that. Now, Adrian Heath and Minnesota United, we were a little bit slower on bringing in substitutions to try to change the game. And, you, you, you know, I'm not necessarily saying I agree with waiting or disagree with waiting, but we waited until the 74th minute when we put in Aaron Schoenfeld in place of Luis Amaria, who had a quiet night. And then after that, we waited until the 86th minute to put on Marlon Hairston and Raheem Edwards in replace of Robin Lud and Ethan Finlay. And like yeah. we talked about before, like those, like there was a, and maybe it was off, off air, but whatever. Uh, those two guys coming on just changed the complexion of the game. You know, like we, we had a new found energy. We had a, we had a close call, Raheem decided to hit the ball with his shoulder instead of his head, unfortunately. Uh, 
It's so close. <laughs> Man. But you know, that that's you know, that was that was what we needed. It just felt like it was a little too late. And that was the same. Like he did that in what, the eighty seventh, eighty eighth minute. And I think yeah, like if we put them on like cause Jonathan Lewis came in like fifty fifth, right? Yeah. Like if we'd put them on seventieth, I really think we would have won that game. You know, you watch that last five, ten minutes because of stoppage time. And if you'd put them on 15 minutes earlier and we'd have that same energy, I, re- I really think we would have won that game. We had more energy by the end. We we looked fresher. We had good link-up play. Uh, you know, we almost scored twice in the last five minutes again. I don't know. Like, it, it's tough because I get it that you don't you want them to kind of have the shock impact and really, like, go in there. And that's reduced by bringing them on early. But when you're drawing... You know, I think if we'd needed the win, it would have been different. I hope it would have been different. But I still think that we should have really tried to win that game and put them on earlier. Well, and here's where I will defend Adrian Heath here, is that Marlon Harrison, this was his first real appearance for Minnesota United. We had seen him in the preseason friendlies before this, but we hadn't actually seen him play. We hadn't actually seen him do anything. We hadn't actually seen him prove his worth. So... Now that now that Adrian Heath has seen this in a real game, like I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that when the game needs that extra spark, that he trusts him in that role. I agree, but I, but I think to counterpoint that Sam, I mean we've we've seen this from Raheem Edwards. Now this is the the third time that he's been a late sub and and been a spark. So. Uh, yes, true about Marlon, but I think we know what Raheem does for this team, and I, it would have been nice to see him a little bit earlier. That is all water under the bridge, though. We are out of the group stage, and we are on to the knockout stage where we will take on Columbus Crew. This is where it gets juicy. Now, this is immediately, I mean, really, we went to bed right after the game. We woke up, and we started hitting record. Of course, we had to hit record like three or four times, but we woke up and we started. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily ready to talk about Columbus yet. I know the MLS Twitter world sees Columbus as just this really hot team that has been kind of a, a surprise Cinderella in the MLS's back tournament. I don't think people anticipated them to be playing this well, but... I don't really have a lot more at this point to talk about Columbus prepared, but I am very curious. We've all been watching various games throughout this tournament. How have you guys appreciated the group stages so far? How have you guys appreciated the MLS's back tournament so far? I mean, there's, there's been some fun games, you know, obviously like we talked about the up and down with, with United, but it's been fun to see, Oftentimes we assume we assume things are going to happen, but it's kind of fun to see stuff like Columbus kind of come out of nowhere to be a Cinderella or Cincinnati, you know, finding a way to make it through or Atlanta United not scoring a single goal <laughs> the entire time. That's nuts. But I think it's been fun. It's been entertaining. Yeah, I think so, too. Like It's been it's been a real mixed bag, I think, because because everyone's had so much time off. And you've kind of then thrown everyone back right into the thick of it. I think it's really produced some results that, you know, have been quite up and down. Like, because at the moment, I know there's a few games left. But, for example, 
the LA Galaxy are sitting on zero points. You know, there's quite a few teams that you thought would have been like kind of okay who had just been rubbish. <laughs> and like, you know, if you look at Group A, which I think is done, like Inter Miami and New York City both missed, and Philadelphia Union and Orlando City just crushed it. Like two wins and a loss and or two wins and a draw even. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been super entertaining, and yeah, there've been some boring games, including you know one of ours. But I think that's going to happen at any tournament, and I I would like to see them do this again. Like I I would be keen to see something like this again. I'm not sure if I'd want it to be like also counting towards the league table. Maybe it would be better if it did. I think it's been I think it's been a good tournament so far, and now it's where the real uh, fun begins. I think. I agree with everything you guys have said. I've enjoyed watching random games. I've enjoyed, you, you know, taking my grad school classes at night and just tuning in to whatever game is on. Or if, it, you know, if it's in the morning and there's a game on replay that I haven't seen yet, just throwing that on. And it's been a nice product. I've definitely enjoyed the tournament as a product. I think my only complaint is it's gone really quick, right? Like you're you're used to group stages where you play each team each team in your group twice and just playing each team once and and I get it like these players don't want to be away from their families, away from their homes too long and the MLS is still hoping that they get back to a regular season. So I I get why the group stage was so short, but it just seems like we were waiting so long we got this little taste. Now we're already in the knockout rounds. And from this point on, it's win or go home. And if we get knocked out by Columbus, we're done, Justin. And we're back to talking about which shows we're streaming. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want, I'm not ready to watch Tiger King again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, but, it, but it's the same in the World Cup, right? Like, Whenever you watch the World Cup, you have three games of your group and then and then you're into the next thing and you're already accelerating through. And I think that just feels like it lasts longer because they're not playing three games a day and there's more teams, right? Yeah. But essentially the format's kind of the same. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like usually you want to play each other twice and kind of do a home and away kind of thing. But yeah, I'm just, you are just not going to lose. That's it. Yep. Keep, keep winning so that I don't have to watch Tiger King again. <laughs> That's it. Well, moving on, uh, this will be actually a nice little transition to our recurring segment, our big <laughs> club day football, the big CF. Oh, the good old big CF. The big the CF. CF. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, credit where credit is due. You know, this segment, we, we talk about the return of soccer in the United States, but credit where credit is due. While the MLS tournament started off a little shaky and we were wondering how much of the MLS's back tournament would actually take place. Well, since, you, you know, the initial, like, you know, Dallas being bounced, Nashville being bounced, a couple of players having to isolate, things have stabilized and the games have been going on flawlessly. I think the bubble is, is working, you know, obviously like it's not, it's not something that, that can be used for all sports. And obviously like the reason it's successful is because it's a limited time period. You know, who knows if this would have worked, if this would have been a season long thing, uh, that would have been tough to kind of force people to do this. 
but I think it shows that the bubble format can be successful for sports in this time. Well, and in the state that they're in, right? Like right. In Florida. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I, I heard a I heard a good joke yesterday that that the that America is the Florida of the world. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that one too. And it's like you guys talk about Florida man. And every time you read the news, it's like Florida man did this and Florida man did that. But you look at America right now. And I was asking Sam, like I asked the same question a couple of weeks ago when, when you know everyone arrived in Florida and there were so many cases. I was like, but, but Sam, what? Why did the MLS choose Florida? That's like <laughs> the worst decision. <laughs> like, it might also be because because in like Feb- or not February, like in April or May, the the governor of Florida was like, everybody come down to Florida. Florida's great. Yeah. We're fantastic. All sports are open. and i get it like i get why you bring it down because at the time it was fine but like as soon as the mls is like all right guys we're going back and then covid was like we're also back though (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and so florida's cases are spiking right now and people are waiting days to get their test results while the mls has access to same day results for all players and personnel within their bubble do we have any thoughts on on that? It seems so backwards, man. So backwards. You know that and that's that's the kind of the thing we're seeing with all these sports. I mean, sports are super important in America, super important all over the world, but like this this desire to make sports come back has shown kind of the inequity in the testing. You know, all these sports teams are getting their testing, you know, immediately whatever. My wife took a test last Thursday and it took her five days to get results. You're hearing about in, what is it, Dubuque, Iowa, they're limiting to a thousand tests a day and you have an hour window that you have to get there in and you have to wait in line until you're ready. And who knows if you'll get tested that day, right? Like we're hearing about these shortages in testing all over the place and the inability to get fast results. So it's kind of frustrating uh, to to hear that that these sports leagues are able to do it more efficiently, you know, obviously they're paying a lot of money for that, but it but it is frustrating when we're going through a pandemic that uh, this takes priority. Do you think if we go back into yeah. the classroom that we'll have uh, same day testing? Uh, I think that that's not going to happen, Sam. <laughs> we'll find out on the twenty seventh. We could have a whole podcast about that, Sam. <laughs> And who knows what will happen like yeah i don't know like i'm also a big formula one fan right and so they're also doing a bubble and they're you know traveling around europe uh doing grand prix races and they get tested like two or three times a week like all the time yeah and you see drivers with these bloody like big swab things up their nose all the time and they're the same like they get access to same day results there's about 80 in each bubble so it's about 800 people that travel that have got to try and stay in their own bubble and they just get access to testing like all the time. Yeah. It's strange, man. Like I, it's just such, it's just so weird because like sport and you want sport to be there and you're happy sports there. And like, you're just so excited that you get to watch something other than Tiger King on Netflix. Right. (laughs) But you're also like it, and this this is like super like deep, but it's also like this is almost like a symptom of capitalism too, right? Like 
there's something that's making money, so they're going to throw all the resources at it. Whereas like regular people who get sick, it's like, eh, you can you can wait a week. I understand why they do it. I'm just not sure I agree with it, to be honest. But I also don't think you could do an MLS's well, back tournament with it being like four or five days between test results. So let's so. talk a little bit about what happens when we leave the bubble. Specifically, you, you know, I want to talk about how the MLS regular season will be able to take place after the news came out about the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in Major League Baseball, where the Canadian government denied the request by the Blue Jays to play Major League Baseball in their stadium in Toronto. So as a result, the, the Blue Jays are going to use Pittsburgh as their home base for the MLB season. Like, Sam, since you made these notes, has actually changed because Pittsburgh, the city of Pittsburgh, denied that. So, so they still don't have a plan, which is, which is, you know, kind of, I mean, it's a part, like, it's a part of this as well, right? Like, so uh, Pittsburgh doesn't want to have another team there. They've decided to block that. So now again, so with, with opening day in like days for Toronto, they still don't have a home base. Wow. Yeah. So the, the, the talk now, Sam, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to play all of their home games. What would have been home games at their opponent's homes. So they are going to be playing like this. That's like the most recent plan they've talked about. They're going to essentially be playing on the road for the whole season. Jeez. That <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, we're, you know, obviously that might not, that might change, but that's what it sounds like is going to have to happen for them, you know, because, because that's, that's, that might be the only option, right? So they, apparently they have four options left, right? And, and their home opener is in two days. I think you said, right? Like they got there, two is days. Home opener? Their home opener or just, their uh, opener? I think they're just, the, oh wait, maybe their opener. I actually don't Because I think they have some wiggle room before they are supposed to have a, quote, home game. <laughs> oh, they've got three away. Okay, yeah. They've got, like, three away to the Rays, I think. If the aways is the, the bottom. I don't know how this works. I think they've got a bunch of away games first. Right. Uh, their home opener is July 29. Okay. So they have, they have six days to figure this out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, basically. They're down to Baltimore, Buffalo... Or Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So so that's one of the things they talked about was, I mean, Buffalo. So Buffalo's their AAA affiliate. So minor league, minor league baseball. Apparently it is just a terrible stadium. So they don't want to go there because the facilities are bad. Florida would be them playing at their spring training facility, which is probably fantastic. And that's, that's actually what a lot of teams initially before before Florida got ravaged with COVID nineteen, <laughs> a lot of teams had talked about using their their minor league facilities because they put money into those and using those as their home bases. But the problem is they're not in a bubble, right? So if they go to Florida, they're going to have their players, you know, playing and and living in the the biggest hot spot in our country. <laughs> And it's Florida, and you have an outdoor stadium, and it's super hot, right? So they're not like, who wants to play? You know, we're seeing that with the MLS's back tournament. So I don't, you know, to keep talking about this, I guess, is I'm rambling on. 
but like that sounds like a terrible option too. Yeah, it, it basically comes down to like you have your own setup in Buffalo or you do a 66-day road trip <laughs> oh, and you play 30 home games away from like with zero fans. Yeah, that's we're, – we're seeing that the Toronto Blue Jays definitely belong in this segment right now. <laughs> yep. Uh, they definitely belong in the big CF. But here's the real question, though. The MLS has three Canadian teams, Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. And if the Canadian government isn't allowing baseball, why would they allow Major League Soccer? And in now, which clarify, case, though. Clarify, Sam. It's not that they're not allowing the sports. It's just they don't want Americans coming to Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's all your fault, guys. <laughs> so they're, but, they're fine with it. <laughs> just keep us out. But would that mean because Montreal and Toronto are in the same conference, right? Yeah. So that game would be okay. That one game or the two games if you're home and away. <laughs> yes. But yes, and, they could play each other. And then and then you have to work out what's going on. How about they do that, right? The, those three teams just play each other for the rest of the year. So they just have Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. Just, just <laughs> that, that'd be great. Which would probably mean, uh, let me have a quick look at the standings, which probably means that like Toronto would be loving life because... Montreal and Vancouver would just get the shit kicked out of it on, <laughs> on repeat, basically. That's that's what would happen there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know if I have any guess about how that is going to be worked out, but, you know, baseball players, the Toronto Blue Jays, those guys, they're making so much more money. And asking athletes that are being paid millions of dollars to be inconvenienced and live away from home for a few months so that they can continue to make millions of dollars. I don't really feel too bad about that. Asking these Canadian MLS teams, asking their players right after they just got done with the Orlando experience to once again, leave their homes and leave their families to either have a home base in the United States somewhere or to constantly be traveling and constantly be away that's a tougher ask. You know, these, these guys make salaries more comparable to everyday people. And that is a very tough ask for them. Uh, I agree. I, I totally agree. Like that's like asking, you know, the premier league to be inconvenienced for two months versus, you know, the Northwest championship or something like league six or something. But I also think that I'm not sure you should play, favorites with teams just because they earn more money than other teams right i think if you're not going to do it for one set of sports you should probably not do it for all the sports otherwise that's going to be really oh no it's really unfair if you do that i can't imagine that the canadian government would i can't imagine that the canadian government's going to allow this to happen and for that reason the mls has something very big to figure out because if you have three teams like are you just going to have three teams not play their season this year that might be the only solution they have maybe those three teams have to join the canadian premier league for the year and that's how they get their season. but yeah and to be honest i don't think they're going to have a solution before at least august 11 like the final the other thing is is what well vancouver's already like going home 
that's <laughs> pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. And the impact uh, probably oh, might be going home. At the moment, they're not because uh, they got a good record in third. And Toronto won the group. But, like, what do you do if you're the Whitecaps? Like, what do you do now? You're out of the tournament. Even if you win today, you're still out of the tournament. So, like, <laughs> the MLS has got to decide something real quick because they can't go back home, right? So they're just going to stay in Florida until the end of the tournament, or right? Well, I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess we we really we don't know we don't know what's going to happen after the tournament anyway, right? For anybody, Sam, do we know? Sam, do we have like? Is there? A, I guess you know I could have looked at this, but is there any schedule in place for what the season looks like after yet, or are they still There's kind of nothing. waiting and seeing? There's so, nothing. Yeah, the Loons don't have a game after Columbus. I don't see how it's going to happen. Is is where I'm is where I'm at. But I guess we don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only way I see it happening is, which brings back to your point that they don't earn a lot of money. But you what? You just keep everyone in Florida, right? Just do a giant bubble season. Just do your whole season in Florida, and don't go to see your family for like three months or something but you play three games a day for the entire mls season which would be great tv but that's that's a hard ask because how many how many games are there in a season let me check 34 right so they've played five 29 games you play every like three days that's still that's like three months basically at least you know let's let's talk about a league that is playing right now. The USL, our second division, they just started. They just started their USL championship, uh, which is our second division, and they are about to start their USL League One, which is our third division. Not only are they playing games in their stadiums, but some of these stadiums, not all, some of these stadiums are allowing fans in the stands right now. Last episode, we mentioned Louisville City hosting 5,000 fans in their beautiful new 15,000-seat stadium. Birmingham Legion is allowing fans in the stands at less than 50% um, of their 5,500-capacity stadium. Indy 11 had, I think they posted 4,761 fans within their massive, uh, they, they play at the Colts Lucas oil stadium. So that, that one seemed pretty, that one seemed pretty responsible. Yeah. James, that's a a big empty stadium, by the way. Wow. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I've, uh, I've actually been there when it's been basically empty. I went during uh, an NFL combine once. So there were like a handful of scouts and then the people like doing all the tests. And that's real big, man. That stadium is huge. So social distancing is possible there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, 100%. You you know, I I flicked on uh, on ESPN Plus. I flicked on the game of the Austin Bold. I saw fans in the stands there. You know, where I'm, you know, talking from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, Forward Madison actually isn't allowed to play games at their stadium because in Wisconsin, it's the Wild Wild West and every. It's every county for itself. Where Madison is in Dane County, no contact sports are allowed. So forward Madison is traveling over to Milwaukee County, playing in a suburb of Milwaukee, Wauwatosa, where they will have fans in the stands. Even in the third division, 
we have fans in the stands and these teams, they all seem to be taking, you, you know, the basic precautions, you know, the lower capacity, the hand sanitizer, you know, requiring masks whenever people are out of their seats, you, you know, strict social distancing policies throughout the stadium, though. I definitely didn't see that for the Louisville game, but what, whatever. But I guess what I want to bring up, though, is watching these games. It reminded me of watching the Belarusian Premier League. What I'm pointing out is, are are we Belarus? <laughs> We've reached Belarusian status. Like, let me be completely honest here. Like, some of these, like I, I talked about with Indy 11, like that couldn't, you know, the way they were distanced, uh, the way I saw on TV, they were distanced out enough that I'm like, okay, that really can't be any worse than going to a backyard barbecue. Still, like, what are we doing Maybe that's all we have for the big CF. And uh, actually, it can be time to wind down the show, you know, since I'm still on my mobile hotspot and my wife probably doesn't <laughs> want us to run out of data. Uh, he's, getting the, he's getting the look. That's what it is. <laughs> so winding Sorry, down the show, the Loons play Columbus in the round of 16 on July Tuesday, July 28th. And we will record shortly after that with our recap. Hopefully it will be a fun and celebratory podcast. And then we actually have a fun special podcast coming up as well because the FA Cup final. So when Sam gets better internet. Yeah, I, I will have better internet by then for both of those episodes, I promise. But on Saturday, August 1st, when Arsenal and Chelsea face each other in the FA Cup, I will be constantly texting our friends, James and Jeremy, uh, you, you know, dishing it out to them. And pretty soon after, we're going to come together, bury the hatchet and record an FA Cup review podcast shortly after that. So we have two good podcasts coming up for you all soon. But until then, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. And thanks very much, guys, for having me. And uh, let's go win another game. Yeah. Pot on you loons, man. <laughs>